This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to Mayfair and I can't believe we've never visited here before for our podcast. And don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our growing group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Mayfair is an affluent area in the West End of London towards the eastern edge of Hyde Park in the city of Westminster, between Oxford Street, Regent Street, Piccadilly and Park Lane. It is one of the most expensive districts in the world. The area was originally part of the Manor of Era and remained largely rural until the early 18th century. It became well known for the annual Mayfair that took place from 1686 to 1764 in what is now Shepherd Market. Over the years, the fair grew increasingly down market and unpleasant, and it became a nuisance. The Grosvenor family, who became the Dukes of Westminster, acquired the land through marriage and began to develop it under the direction of Thomas Barlow. The work included Hanover Square, Berkeley Square and Grosvenor Square, which were surrounded by high-quality houses and St George's Hanover Square Church. By the end of the 18th century, most of Mayfair had been rebuilt with high-value housing for the upper class. Unlike some nearby areas of London, it's never lost its affluent status. The decline of the British aristocracy in the early 20th century led to the area becoming more commercial, with many houses converted into offices for corporate headquarters and various embassies. Mayfair retains a substantial quality of high-end residential property, upmarket shops and restaurants and luxury hotels along Piccadilly and Park Lane. Its prestigious status has also been commemorated by being the most expensive property square on the London Monopoly Board. Mayfair in the city of Westminster mainly consists of the historical Grosvenor Estate and the Albemarle, Barclay, Burlington and Curzon Estates. It's bordered on its west side by Park Lane, north by Oxford Street and east by Regent Street and to the south by Piccadilly. Beyond the boundary roads to the north is Marylebone, to the east Soho, to the southwest Knightsbridge and Belgravia. Mayfair is surrounded by Parkland. High Park and Green Park run along its boundary. The eight-acre Grosvenor Square is roughly in the centre of Mayfair and its centrepiece containing numerous expensive and desirable properties. Following analysis of the alignment of Roman roads, it's been speculated that the Romans settled in the area before establishing Londinium. Whitaker's almanac suggested that Aelius Pilatus built a fort here during the Roman conquest of Britain in AD 43 while waiting for Claudius. The theory was developed in 1993 with a proposal that a town grew outside the fort but was later abandoned as being far too far from the River Thames. The proposal has been disputed because of a lack of archaeological evidence. If there was a fort, it is believed the perimeter would have been where now the modern Green Street, North Audley Street, Upper Grosvenor Street and Park Lane now are, and that Park Street would have been the main road through the centre. This area was the manor of Ear in the Doomsday Book and owned by Geoffrey de Mandeville after the Norman Conquest. It was subsequently given to the Abbey of Westminster, who owned it until 1536, when it was taken over by King Henry VIII. 
Mayfair consisted mainly of open fields until development began on the Shepherd Market area around 1686 to 1688 to accommodate the Mayfair, which had moved from Haymarket to St James's because of overcrowding. There were some buildings before 1686. A cottage in Stanhope Row, dating from 1618, was destroyed in the Blitz in the late 1940. A 17th century English Civil War fortification established in what is now Mount Street was known as Oliver's Mount by the 18th century. The Mayfair was held every year at Great Brookfield, which is now part of Curzon Street and Shepherd Market, from the 1st to the 14th of May. It was established during the reign of Edward I in open fields beyond St James's. The fair was recorded as St James's Fair by Westminster in 1560. It was postponed in 1603 because of plague, but otherwise continued throughout the 17th century. In 1686, the fair moved to what is now Mayfair. By the 18th century, it had attracted showmen, jugglers and fencers, and numerous fairground attractions. Popular attractions included bare knuckle fighting, semolina eating contests, and women's foot racing. By the reign of George I, the Mayfair had fallen into disrepute and was regarded as a public scandal. The 6th Earl of Coventry, who lived on Piccadilly, considered the fair to be a nuisance and, with local residents, led a public campaign against it. It was abolished in 1764. One reason for Mayfair's subsequent boom in property development was that it was able to keep out lower-class activities. Building on Mayfair began in the 1660s on the corner of Piccadilly and progressed along the north side of that street. Burlington House was started between 1664 and 1665 by John Denham, who sold it two years later to Richard Boyle, first Earl of Burlington, who asked Hugh May to complete it. The house was extensively modified through the 18th century and is the only one of this era to survive into the 21st century. The origins of major development began when Sir Thomas Grosvenor, third baronet, married Mary Davis, heiress to the manor of Ebury in 1677. The Grosvenor family gained 500 acres of land, of which 100 acres lay south of Oxford Street and east of Park Lane. The land was referred to as the 100 acres in early deeds. In 1721, the London Journal reported, the ground upon which the Mayfair formerly was held is marked out for a large square and several fine streets and houses are to be built upon it. Sir Richard Grosvenor, fourth baronet, asked the surveyor, Thomas Barlow, to design the street layout which has survived mostly intact to the present day, despite most of the properties being rebuilt. Barlow proposed a grid of wide straight streets with a large park, now Grosvenor Square, as a centerpiece. Buildings were constructed in quick succession, and by the mid-18th century, the area was covered in houses. Much of the land was owned by Severin Estates, Burlington, Milford, Conduit Mead, Arbor Mail Ground, the Barclay, the Curzon, and, most importantly, the Grosvenor. Of the original properties constructed in Mayfair, only the Grosvenor estate survives intact and is owned by the same family, who became the Dukes of Westminster in 1874. Chesterfield Street is one of the few streets that has 18th century properties on both sides, with a single exception, and is probably the least altered road in the area. Hanover Square was the first of three great squares to be constructed. It was named after King George I, the Elector of Hanover, soon after his accession to the throne in 1714. The original houses were inhabited by persons of distinction, such as retired generals. Although most have been demolished, a small number have survived to the present day. The Hanover Square Rooms became a popular place for classical music concerts, including Johann Christian Bach, Joseph Hayden, Niccolo Pagini, and Franz Liszt. A large statue of William Pitt the Younger is sited at the southern end of the square. 
1725, Mayfair became part of the new parish of St George Hanover Square, which stretched as far east as Bond Street and to Regent Street north of Conduit Street. It ran as far north as Oxford Street and south near to Piccadilly. The parish continued to Hyde Park, to the west, and extended southwest to St George's Hospital. Most of the area belonged to and continues to be owned by the Grosvenor family, though the freehold of some parts belongs to the Crown Estate. A water supply to the area was built by the Chelsea Waterworks, and a royal warrant was issued in 1725 for a reservoir in Hyde Park that could supply water at what is now Grosvenor Gate. In 1835, the reservoir was decorated with an ornamental basin and a fountain at its centre. In 1963, following the widening of Park Lane, it was built as the Joy of Life Fountain. Grosvenor Square was planned as the centrepiece of the Mayfair estate. It was laid out around 1725 to 1731, with 51 individual plots for development. It is the second largest square in London, after Lincoln's Inn Fields and housed numerous members of the aristocracy until the mid-20th century. By the end of the 19th century, the Grosvenor family were described as the wealthiest family in Europe, and annual rents for their Mayfair properties reached around £135,000, now £15,685,000. The square has never declined in popularity and continues to be a prestigious London address into the 21st century. Only two original houses have survived. Number 9, once the home of John Adams, and number 38, which is now the Indonesian Embassy. Barclay House on Piccadilly was named after John Barclay, first Baron Barclay of Stratton, who purchased its land and that surrounding it shortly after the restoration of the monarchy in 1660. In 1696, the Barclay family sold the house and grounds to the first Duke of Devonshire, who renamed it Devonshire House, on condition that the view from the rear of the house should not be spoiled. Barclay Square was laid out to the rear of the house in the 1730s. Because of the conditions of sale, houses were only built on the east and west sides. The west side still has various mid-18th century buildings, and the east side now contains offices including Barclay Square House. The expansion of Mayfair moved upper-class Londoners away from areas such as Covent Garden and Soho, which were already in decline by the 18th century. Part of its success was the proximity to the Court of St James and the parks, and the well-designed layout. This led to it sustaining its popularity into the 21st century. The requirements of the aristocracy led to stables, coach houses and servants' accommodation being established along the mews running parallel to the streets. Some of the stables have since been converted into garages and offices. The Rothschild family owned several Mayfair properties in the 19th century. Alfred de Rothschild lived at number one Seymour Place and held numerous adoration dinners where the only guest was a female companion. The marriage of his brother Leopold to Marie Pagera took place here in 1881. The house was demolished after the First World War when Curzon Street was extended through the site to meet Park Lane. The future Prime Minister Archibald Primrose, 5th Earl of Rosebery, was born in Charles Street in 1847 and grew up in the area. Mayfair has had a long association with the United States. Pocahontas is believed to have visited here in the early 17th century. In 1786, John Adams established the US Embassy on Grosvenor Square. Theodore Roosevelt was married in Hanover Square and Franklin D. Roosevelt honeymooned in Barclay Square. A small memorial park in Mount Street Gardens has benches engraved with the names of former American residents in and visitors to Mayfair. The death of Hugh Grosvenor, first Duke of Westminster in 1899, was a pivotal point in the development of Mayfair following which all redevelopment schemes not already in operation were cancelled. 
in the following years, government budget proposals, such as David Lloyd George's establishment of the welfare state in 1909, greatly reduced the power of the Lords. Land value fell around Mayfair, and some leases were not renewed. Following World War I, the British upper class was in decline, and for the reduced workforce meant servants were less readily available and demanded higher salaries. The grandest houses in Mayfair became more expensive to service. Consequently, many were converted into foreign embassies. The second Duke of Westminster decided to demolish Grosvenor House and move his residence to Borden House. Mayfair attracted commercial developments after much of the City of London was destroyed during the Blitz, and many corporate headquarters were established in the area. Several historically important houses were demolished, including Alfred House, London Derry House and Chesterfield House. The Canadian High Commission was established at Macdonald House at No. 1 Grosvenor Square in 1961. It is named after the first Canadian Prime Minister, John A. Macdonald. The Italian Embassy is at No. 4 Grosvenor Square. The district has become increasingly commercial, with many offices in converted houses and new buildings, though the trend has been reversed in places. The United States Embassy announced in 2008 that it would move from its long-established location at Grosvenor Square to Nine Elms Wandsworth, owing to security concerns, despite constructing an 8 million security upgrading after the September 11 attacks, including six-feet-high blast walls. Since the 1990s, residential properties have become available again, though the rents are among the highest in London. Mayfair remains one of the most expensive places to live in London and the world, and it possesses some exclusive shopping, London's largest concentration of luxury hotels and many restaurants, particularly around Park Lane and Grosvenor Square. The Althani family, the ruling family of Catter, and their relatives and associates owned a quarter of the 279 acres of Mayfair by 2006. The northwestern part of Mayfair has subsequently been nicknamed Little Doha, the area has also been called a Qatari Quarter and Qataropolis. Prominent properties owned in Mayfair by Qataris include Dudley House on Park Lane and Lombard House on Curzon Street. Family members also own the Connaught and Claridge's Hotels in Mayfair through the Maybourne Hotel Group. St George's Hanover Square, constructed between 1721 and 1724 by John James, was one of 50 churches built following the Commission for Building 50 New Churches Act in 1711. Emma, Lady Hamilton in 1791, poet Percy Bashi Shelley in 1814, and Prime Ministers Benjamin Disraeli and H. H. Asquith in 1839 and 1894 respectively, were all married in the church. The porch contains two cast iron dogs rescued from a shop in Conduit Street that was bombed during the Blitz. Grosvenor Chapel on South Audley Street was built by Benjamin Tibral in 1730 for the Grosvenor Estate. It was used by American armed forces during the Second World War. The parents of Arthur Wellesley, 1st Duke of Wellington, are buried in the churchyard. The Mayfair Chapel on Curzon Street was a popular place for illegal marriages, including over 700 in 1742. James Hamilton, 6th Duke of Hamilton, married Elizabeth Gunning here in 1752. The Marriage Act of 1753 stopped the practice of unlicensed marriages. The chapel was demolished in 1899. Having opened in 1837, Brown's Hotel is considered one of London's oldest hotels. Straddling Albemarle and Dover Streets, it is thought to have been a popular tea location for Queen Victoria, and it was from the hotel that, in 1876, Alexander Graham Bell made the first successful telephone call in Britain. Certain writers were known to stay there frequently. Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book and Agatha Christie's At Bertram's Hotel were each partly written during a visit to Brown's. 
Theodore Roosevelt enjoyed staying at the hotel and married his fiancée with a reception there in 1886. Now part of the Roque Forte Hotels, the hotel maintains its popular tea room and has expanded to occupy 11 townhouses. Claridge's was founded in 1812 of Mivert's Hotel on Brook Street. It was acquired by William Claridge in 1855, who gave it its current name. The hotel was brought by the Savoy Company in 1895 and rebuilt in red brick. It was extended again in 1931. Several European royal families in exile stayed at the hotel during the Second World War. Alexander, Crown Prince of Yugoslavia, was born there on the 17th of July, 1945. The Prime Minister Winston Churchill is said to have declared the suite he was born in to be Yugoslav territory. Fleming's Mayfair on Half Moon Street was opened in 1851 by Robert Fleming, who worked for Henry Paget, second Marquess of Anglesey. It is the second oldest independent hotel in London. The London Marriott Hotel, Grosvenor Square, on the corner of Grosvenor Square and Duke Street, was the first Marriott Hotel in Britain. It opened as the Europa Hotel in 1961 and was bought by Marriott in 1985. It was a popular place for visitors to the American Embassy. The Grosvenor House Hotel on Park Lane is on the former site of the Grosvenor House, the home of Robert Grosvenor, second Earl of Grosvenor, who later became the first Marquis of Westminster. It was built by Arthur Octavius Edwards in the 1920s and has over 450 bedrooms, with 150 luxury flats in the south wing. It was the first London hotel to have a swimming pool. The Dorchester is named after Joseph Damer, first Earl of Dorchester. The first building here was erected by Joseph Damer in 1751 and renamed Dorchester House following the Earl's succession in 1792. The property was purchased by Sir Robert McAlpine and Sons and Gordon Hotels Limited in 1928 to be converted into a hotel which opened on the 18th of April 1931. It was General Dwight Eisenhower's London headquarters in the Second World War. The Duke of Edinburgh held his stag night at the hotel prior to his marriage to Princess Elizabeth. The Mayfair Hotel opened in 1927 on the site of Devonshire House in Stratton Street. It also accommodates the Mayfair Theatre, which opened in 1963. The Ritz opened on Piccadilly on the 24th of May 1906. It was the first steel-framed building to be constructed in London and is one of the most prestigious and best-known hotels in the world. Mayfair has had a range of exclusive shops, hotels, restaurants and clubs since the 19th century. The district, especially the vicinity of Bond Street, is also the home to numerous commercial art galleries and international auction houses, such as Bottoms, Christie's and Sotheby's. From the early 19th century, tailors, attracted by the affluent and influential residents, began to take up premises on Savile Row in southeastern Mayfair, beginning in 1803. The earliest extant tailor to move to Savile Row was Henry Poole & Co. in 1846. The street's reputation steadily grew throughout the late 19th and early 20th centuries, under the patronage of monarchs, moguls and movie stars, into the global home of men's tailoring, a reputation retained to the present day. Gunter's Tea Shop was established in 1757 at numbers 7 to 8 Barclay Square by the Italian Domenico Negri. Robert Gunter took co-ownership of the shop in 1777 and full ownership in 1799. During the 19th century, it became a fashionable place to buy cakes and ice cream and was well known for its wide range of multi-tiered wedding cakes. The shop moved to Curzon Street in 1936 when the eastern side of Berkeley Square was demolished until closing in 1956. The business as a whole survived until the late 1970s. 
Mount Street has been a popular shopping street since Mayfair was first developed in the 18th century. It was largely rebuilt between 1880 and 1900 under the direction of the first Duke of Westminster when the nearby workhouse was relocated to Pimlico. It now houses a number of shops dealing with luxury trades. Shepherd Market has been called the village centre of Mayfair. The current buildings date from around 1860 and house food and antique shops, pubs and restaurants. The market had a reputation for high-class prostitution. In the 1980s, Geoffrey Archer was alleged to frequent the area and was accused of visiting Monica Collin, a cool girl in Shepherd Market, which eventually led to a libel trial and his imprisonment for perverting the course of justice. Alongside Burlington House is one of London's most luxurious shopping areas, the Burlington Arcade. It was designed by Samuel Ware for George Cavendish, 1st Earl of Burlington, in 1819. The arcade was designed with tall walls on either side to prevent passers-by throwing litter into the Earl's garden. Ownership of the arcade passed to the Chesham family. In 1911, another story was added by Beresford Pite, who also added the Chesham Arms. The family sold the arcade to the Prudential Assurance Company for £333,000, now £20,562,000, in 1926. It was bombed during the Second World War and subsequently restored. Allen's and Mayfair, one of the best-known butchers in London, was founded in a shop in Mount Street in 1830. It held a war warrant of appointment to supply meat to the Queen, as well as supplying several high-profile restaurants. After accruing spiralling debts, it was sold to rare butchers of distinction in 2006. The Mayfair premises closed in 2015, but the company retained an online presence. Scott's restaurant moved from Coventry Street, numbers 20 to 22 Mount Street, in 1967. In 1975, the Provisional Irish Republican Army, IRA, bombed the restaurant twice, killing one and injuring 15 people. South Audley Street is a major shopping street in Mayfair, running from north to south from Grosvenor Square to Curzon Street. Originally a residential street, it was redeveloped between 1875 and 1900. Retailers include China and silverware specialist Thomas Good and gunsmiths James Purdy and Sons. Numerous galleries have given Mayfair a reputation as an international art hub. The Royal Academy of Arts, based in Burlington House, was founded in 1768 by George III and is the oldest fine art society in the world. Its founding president was Sir Joshua Reynolds. The Academy holds classes and exhibitions, and students have included John Constable and J.M.W. Turner. It moved from Somerset House to Trafalgar Square in 1837, sharing with a National Gallery, before moving to Burlington House in 1868. The Academy hosts an annual summer exhibition, showing over 1,000 contemporary works of art that can be submitted by anyone. The Fine Art Society Gallery was established at number 148 New Bond Street in 1876. Other galleries in Mayfair include the Maddox Gallery on Maddox Street and the Halicon Gallery. The Handel House Museum at number 25 Brook Street opened in 2001. George Frederick Handel was the first resident from 1723 until his death in 1759. Most of his major works, including Messiah and music for the Royal Fireworks, were composed here. The museum held an exhibition of Jimi Hendrix, who lived in an upper four flat in neighbouring number 23 Brook Street in 1968 to 1969. The Faraday Museum in Albemarle Street occupies a basement laboratory used by Michael Faraday for his experiments with electromagnetic rotation and motors at the Royal Institution. It opened in 1973 and exhibits include the first electric generator designed by Faraday, along with various notes and medals. 
Borden House, one of the oldest properties in Mayfair, was constructed by Thomas Barlow between 1723 and 1725 as part of the original development. An additional story was added around 1864 to 1865. In 1909, the second Duke of Westminster ordered major refurbishments and the expansion of a three-story wing. He moved out of Grosvenor House in 1916 into this, where he stayed until his death in 1953. Crew House was built in the late 18th century on the site of the house in Curzon Street, owned by Edward Shepherd, a key builder and architect around Mayfair. It was bought by James Stuart Wortley, 1st Baron Werncliffe, in 1818 and became known as Werncliffe House. In 1899, it was purchased by Robert Crewe Mills, Earl Crewe, giving it its current name. The house is part of the Saudi Arabian Embassy. Mayfair has many blue packs on buildings for its prominent residents. Standing at the corner of Chesterfield Street and Charles's Street, one can see plaques for William, Duke of Clarence, and St Andrews, later King William IV, Prime Minister Lord Rosebery, the writer Somerset Maughan, and Regency-era fashion icon Beau Brommel. While there's no underground stations inside Mayfair, there are several along the boundaries. The Central Line stops at Marble Arch, Bond Street and Oxford Circus along Oxford Street along the northern edge, and Piccadilly Circus and Green Park are along the Piccadilly Line on the southern side, with Hyde Park Corner close by in Knightsbridge. Down Street Tube Station opened in 1907 as Down Street Mayfair. It closed in 1932, but was used during the Second World War by the Emergency Railway Committee, and briefly by Churchill and the War Cabinet while waiting for the war rooms to be ready. Mayfair is the most expensive property on the standard British Monopoly board at £400 and is part of the dark blue set with Park Lane. It commands the highest rents of all properties. Landing on Mayfair with the hotel costs £2,000 and I can speak from raw experience because all of my family like collecting that and then charging me the rent. The price is a reference to the property values in the area, which have remained consistently high with real-life rent as much as £36,000 per week. At the time the board was being designed in the 1930s, Mayfair still had a significant upper-class residential population. The department store Debenhams became one of the first companies in Britain to have a dedicated business telephone number, Mayfair 1, in 1903. So, I hope you've enjoyed our long last look at Mayfair. It's about time that we covered this place and I can't believe we haven't been here before. Now, if I've missed anything out for our previous 170 odd episodes and you'd like to make contact with us and suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or through our social media. It really is that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.